severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Just Get A Real Job. I am of course your host, Jamie McKinley. If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. If you're a regular listener, thank you for listening again. appreciate all your support. But yeah, today on the day of recording is Mother's Day, so I just wanted to take a minute to give a massive shout out to my lovely mother, Caroline McKinley, who, you know, a lot of people I speak to on this podcast actually sometimes talk about how they maybe didn't have the support of their family. And I've always been so, so lucky that my mum and my dad have always been really supportive of me as a creative and I'm very, very grateful for that. And yeah, my mum is also our, our number one listener of the podcast. She listens to this every week. She always sends me a wee WhatsApp review, so it means a lot. So big shout out to mum. Thank you for all your support. I just wanted to mention, and I'm sure everyone in the UK that listens to the podcast, and probably worldwide, will have seen the very, very sad news about Sarah Everard and the reaction to that. And yeah, I just wanted to sort of talk about that for a second, because I personally, and I'm sure a lot of other people have, have found that and the whole conversation around it very overwhelming. I've just been speaking to a lot of female friends in particular, and I've had some very difficult conversations with them and they'd opened up to me about their experiences and things I was obviously aware of, but, you know, stuff maybe that it's easier to not think about sometimes. And and I'm sure to many people, the statistics that came out that 97% of women have been sexually harassed were not a surprise because that's their day-to-day experience. But I did find them very, very shocking. You know, whether or not I was surprised by them or not, I, I, st- I still found it very difficult to see because it is very sad and, you know, we need to have this conversation now so I just wanted to quickly mention this in the podcast I'm also going to be linking uh, in the show notes there'll be a link to Women's Aid which is an amazing charity that does a lot of great work and of course normally at the start of the podcast I will share a poem or a bad review of a great film but today I just wanted to share this little quote by Courtney C. Stevens and I think it's very very relevant to the things that have been going on this week and it's basically if nothing changes nothing changes and I just think that is a very, very good quote for these times and I think it's very relevant to everything that's been going on. I don't normally sort of go into stuff like this at the start of each episode of the podcast, but I just felt this week that it was important to acknowledge this and I just wanted to say something. So, yeah, uh, thank you for listening to the intro. But without much further ado, it's time to introduce this week's episode. And this week on the podcast, I had the chance to chat to the very, very funny and the very, very talented Irish comedian, Jasmine Gleason. And I really, really enjoyed my conversation with Jasmine. We spoke about lots of things. We spoke about her doing stand-up on Irish TV. We spoke about her journey as a comedian. We spoke about the idea of misgivings. We even spoke about reviewing toilets. Yes, you heard that correctly. So it's a really good conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So I hope you do. And I'll be back at the end. Hi, Jasmine. Lovely to meet you. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? 
I'm good. I, I actually just got caught in the rain just before this interview. I went for a walk and I was like rushing back to my flat for the conversation. Oh. I was like, the wind was in my face. It was very you know, t- <laughs> typical of Edinburgh and that, Scotland. That's but. the thing. I'm, to be honest, you're going to be terribly jealous. This, this is the sunniest day we've had here in London. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh, really? Yeah. We, had, we had it yesterday, so I'm not so jealous. We oh, got, okay. You must, it must have moved down towards you. Um, I think so. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I had no coat weather. You know, that's always a big sign. As soon as you step yeah. out, no coats. Like I've been wrapped up hats uh, this whole time. So it's, <laughs> Yeah. Well, nice, yes, nice yesterday, yesterday I did a walk in the sun and I was overdressed. So today I was like, no, it was too hot yesterday. And then I, mm-hmm. it was the total opposite. I was oh. shivering, drinking coffee in a bus stop, you know, full lot. That's of typical Edinburgh. I think that <laughs> tricks you. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, I can settle into this good, fine day. But uh, yeah. as my mother says, don't, lo- don't lose a clout until May is out. Oh, I love that. It's very lovely. It sounds very yes. Irish as well. Well, it's the almost Irish thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jasmine, thank you very much for coming on. Just get a real job. It was great to have you. I was saying to you just before we started, we've not actually had a stand-up comedian on the podcast mm. before. So you are the first stand-up comedian. So great. welcome. I'm very happy to pop your bubble. Is that a phrase? <laughs> I think so. Like uh, maybe we'll go with that. <laughs> well, we start every podcast episode by asking our guests, like, so what is your earliest creative memory? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of creativity, I think my thing has always been performance. Like that's like, and I'm trying to figure that out now, especially with COVID and everything. I'm like, what does that say about me? And, and why is that a thing that I'm like, I need it, you know, I need to perform. But I started doing Irish dancing, like every good Irish girl is Irish dancing. <laughs> age about seven uh so in in ireland there's the choice between you know you do gaelic football jaa uh, or like an irish sport or you do irish dancing and i was i was a wee dancer which which was weird though because i think i don't know if many other people can relate to this but i was like achingly shy as a kid like i, I can relate to that i was the same. yeah Mm-hmm. like painfully like in school if, if you know a teacher called and me I had to stand up or something I could just feel like the like red the puce color coming yeah. into my face mm-hmm. and hearing the whispers of everyone going like oh Jasmine Jasmine's record look at red Jasmine's and that stuff and oh, oh and my mother would be like just think blue think blue and I was standing there going blue 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 like trying to like calm myself oh, down like, I was a little psychopath like, whispering <laughs> blue to herself yeah so it's it's that was kind of it's it's weird that I've come into this like I have I think you know if I, I thought back to that time it's 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 a bizarre career choice for me for sure but yeah Irish dancing was the beginning it's when I started yeah well I, I think people that are quite shy as a kid it doesn't mean that they're not like they don't have things to say as well so maybe like you're trying to prove to yourself that like you know prove to the kid that you know now you're a performer and now you can sort of do that and I because I, I can relate to that like, I certainly blossomed as a teenager in the sense that I became more confident and you know I never would imagine at 10 years old I'd be doing like a podcast and yeah. talking, talking to people I'd never met so I can I can relate to that a lot yeah absolutely I think there was definitely a sense even like as I kind of grew up do I do more and more stuff that I would be like on a huge level I'd be like what am I doing like this is I'm not this person it was almost like to prove myself wrong almost I would like put my hand up to go and sing at something even though I can't sing and I'm like I want to I just want to I want people to look at me Bonnie on my terms I think I don't know I haven't figured out why that why that is well you know, I mean but... st- stand-ups a very brave way of doing that so that's kudos for that thank you yeah it's, it's a it's a weird one it's a weird one yeah I was talking to to my partner recently about like how I'm, I'm doing customer service at the moment and how like oh it's like like just men shouting at me all the time about their their, their products <laughs> and he's like that's the career you're in though that's what you've chosen is stand up as men shouting at you I was like yeah but like at least I've got the microphone you know like I'm in control suppose, of it no I suppose yeah you're right because it's like you're in the diff- almost switch the that switches the sides yeah but I suppose it's exactly. good practice I suppose it, get, it gets you used for used to like doing like hard gigs and stuff 
exactly exactly yeah it's i don't know it's it's a different world it feels like it's been so long now with covid now it's like yeah well i have know? a question for you later on actually about stand up and covid so i'll come on to that in a wee while but uh cool. another question we have which i'm really interested because in, i love ireland i'm saying this to joe because i interviewed your friend joe recently mm-hmm. um and like i just really like ireland for some reason like i've actually the book's right here i'm reading a book by an irish author carolyn o'donoghue at the moment just seemed, oh yeah i just read a roddy, cool. roddy doyle book like, yeah. whatever reason i just seem to be on like a massive i Ireland's producing all this great culture so I just sort of wondered like how where you're from how that sort of influenced you as a creative and stuff absolutely I mean for such a small country it's incredible how much you know how many creative people have come out of it really you know it's somewhere I feel like I had to move away from though to actually Mm. there's something about Ireland where there's a word in Ireland, uh, notions. Have you heard this before? Do Joe talk I think about so, this? yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't but, think Joe did, but I, I'm familiar with, just from reading mm-hmm. all these books. Yeah, and of course. <laughs> this is a real thing about like, you know, if you try to go beyond yourself, you have notions, you know, like, and, and there's a sense. Yeah, it's, I, it's actually quite like that. And sorry to interrupt you there. It's, no, but no, no. a similar thing like, to that in Scotland, actually. We did, me and Joe did talk about that, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's that kind of thing. So I felt like I had to kind of get away from it, to, to especially for stand-up, it felt like something that I couldn't do in Ireland for me anyway. And then once I start doing it here, it's almost like, oh, you're an Irish Irish person. That's something interesting. And I'm like, oh, is it? Okay, we'll, we'll go with that and see how that goes. But yeah, I think it's it's coming from a country with that kind of heritage is really definitely influential. Um, in terms of my kind of growing up, I grew up in a place called Swords and there's definitely a big music scene, not much of a stand-up scene or, or really like a performance scene. The Irish dancing kind of does die out when you're about 12, 13, I think really as well. So you can't really do much of that. But yeah, it's it's... There's definitely kind of people expect more this kind of creative life from you when I think when you're Irish a bit more I don't know especially doing stand up I think there's so many every Irish person thinks they're funny you know (laughs) we really do (laughs) that's really a a true statement I think but yeah no it's it's a weird one and I I I think me and Joe sort of touched on this as I was saying but it's it's like that in Scotland as well like I gave the example of Bill Forsyth who's like one of the best Scottish film directors ever he made like three great films and then people were like you know on the way up everyone was like oh this is bro and then as soon as he got successful everyone was like all right who do you think you are sort of thing and it's like we yeah can't, I don't know what it is it's it's really I think both cultures have a similarity there and I don't know what it is but it's almost like if you get too big they're like who, who do you think you are like, yeah absolutely like and I, I think it's I think it's a good thing in some ways because you know there's a good few Irish like celebrities and people who are who seem to really down to earth still and it's because they know they can't like they can't be too big for their boots you know because we will tear them back down again there's something almost like almost reassuring in there be like okay you know I'll never have a big head I can't it's not possible <laughs> which is kind of nice in a way because it's good that they have that it's like humble but then I yeah. suppose it maybe isn't good because like everyone if everyone feels they have to move away then you know you don't really want that so it's maybe a balance yeah. maybe it's maybe you come back then eventually and be like hey I don't know it's a weird one I, I had um I'd never done a uh, stand up in Ireland until last year when I went back and did the, a TV thing and that was such a weird experience to be like is this gonna work here in my own home country do you know like are they gonna is it just because I'm Irish that it works in London like I don't know if it's how is this gonna go here but yeah yeah because you feel like you got that exotic thing because I feel like that when I go to like London or other places because like they're like oh you're Scottish and I'm like oh this is cool you feel like almost like gives you like an edge yeah 100 since yeah since I first moved to about four years ago now so this is that exact thing of people just being like oh cool Irish person you just yeah exactly suddenly you're you're just more accepted straight away 
yeah. just because you have an accent? I don't know. I, know, yeah. may, I mean, I'm like, not complaining. I love it. No, it's great. exactly. You know, it's, people seem to like, the Celts get a lot more respect for whatever reason. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we've been through enough. They're like, oh, we'll give them something now. Mm-hmm. Well, this actually segues nicely into my next question, which is one of my favorites. And I'm really excited to hear your answer for this. But we ask everyone, like, do you have a favorite word or phrase from where you're from? Yes. So I think especially having moved to London, I've discovered things that I say or Irish people say doesn't like don't translate here at all. Mm. Like and so saying like your man about okay. anyone. So like any man. So if, like maybe you were walking down the road and there was a guy, I'd be like, Oh, look's your man. Like <laughs> he's not your man though. He's just your man. It, like your man is just that guy, you know? But also a woman is your one. Uh-huh. It's never your woman. Yeah. So your one and your man. Or have you seen your one? Oh, you know your one. Like that's there's no way that's a man. That's a, that's a woman. Like it's and it's like gospel that's that's all that is you know whereas it's I, I never had she realized it was something weird until I was like oh you know your man and they're like who's my not my man what <laughs> I love yeah. that that's great no I really like it. it's a bit like sort of maybe like I think in the north of England they sort of say like our kid it's almost like that it's like your man yeah no yeah, I like that exactly I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. Know about the one though that's cool yeah your one and I do also I have thought about this before in terms of like you know um the James Lipton inside the actor studio interview mm-hmm. thing they used to do mm-hmm. I think every every actor anyway has prepared their answers because of course they're going to get invited on I think James Lipton is dead but you never know with uh <laughs> Kanye did that thing with uh, Kim Kardashian's dad the like you know what's it called it hol- holograph holograph hologram holograph I, I don't know oh it doesn't matter <laughs> anyway brought him back to life sort of Maybe hologram is the word Ho- hologram thank you yeah, yeah thank yeah. you no, what happened there? Mind yeah. black. <laughs> <laughs> it was your combination of the getting caught in the rain and my getting caught in the sun but there's a word in ireland in the irish language and it's kudersnukt. oh really yeah it's, i think it's just it's just a beautiful sounding word just it, sounds, it does sound beautiful what does it translate as do you know well it translates to uh contrast mm. which is yeah no it's not it's not great <laughs> as a translation. <laughs> like, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get contrast tattooed on your body somewhere, you know? So it's, I'm not mad on it as a, as a translation, <laughs> but the sound, oh, it's beautiful. No, it's a nice word. Yeah. Nice word. Oh, that's good. I enjoy, I love this quite. It's one of my favorite questions to ask people mm. actually, because um, it doesn't just work. It's not, it's one of those questions I could ask people in real life that aren't creative as well. I've started doing that now. I'm like, because mm. <laughs> it can translate across from the podcast as well so thank yeah. you for answering it well no you can sort of talk about you now and your sort of career you also are an actor as well aren't you mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah I did um train for three years in Dublin and then yeah various theater stuff some short film things uh voiceover things yeah and then continuously I had like small little acting jobs happen like before COVID and stuff like that as well which um which were fun you know kept me busy yeah well so we'll start with your sort of your studies then so you went to the same university as joe didn't you and that was in dublin exactly yes place called bull alley so yeah me and joe were in the same year actually yeah we did um three years there and it was hmm oh i don't know if joe described bull alley to you at all it was an interesting yeah he talked about it quite a lot actually yeah Um, okay yeah they didn't have a lot of funding i would say which is a big thing but the people were cool mm. they were really nice and i I definitely learned a lot it was it was an interesting experience i would say for sure it's it's uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm going, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well for, for the listeners, actually, because I feel like I'm just chucking Joe's name out. Uh, the Joe episode, it's not out at the time of recording, but that episode should be out by the time this episode comes out. And that will probably be episode 23 of the podcast. So if you haven't heard that, you listen to this conversation now, go and check mm-hmm. it out. But yeah, so Bill Ali, like I know from speaking to him that you like, there were some of your performances, you couldn't even have enough money to like get rights to music and things like that. So it's yes. like quite an experience. Yes, there was big old holes in the ceiling and stuff. And so even actually for an example, so I did third year. So it was, it was supposed to be a four-year course. You had an option to do fourth year if you wanted to. I did third year. And then our third year was the last ever third year. <laughs> like <laughs> they just got rid of it. They were like, you know what? Acting shit. You're all crap. Out you go. So me, I think me and Joe were in yeah, the third year together. And then, yeah, that was it then. So it was it was a weird one because there was definitely a sense of, in some cases, you'd be kind of taken down as a person. It was really harsh. Like, it was a really, really harsh college. I luckily was like, you know, I did okay. And I, I got, got really, really cool parts and really enjoyed, like, the performance side of things and everything like that. But it was definitely a sense of, like, you know, if you didn't you didn't make the cut, you were gone. Like, so there were a couple of friends who just suddenly were, you know, yeah, cut out of the program sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Quite a brutal business acting, I suppose. This is it, exactly. And it's, it was kind of showing you what it was going to be like in the real world and everything as well. So, so fair enough. But, uh yeah, there was it was a a good learning experience for sure. Yeah, definitely. So when you graduated from that, then what was your sort of immediate plans? Did you go in to just try and be a professional actor or were you just sort of working jobs as well? Did you like have any breaks or anything? No, actually, I finished college and I went and did a theatre and education tour in France and Belgium. So I was oh, just teaching. Cool. Yeah, it was like teaching English through theatre. So doing like, oh my God, a million performances it seems in a round in this little van with three other people. It was actually incredible as an experience. I don't know if I'd do it again. And yeah. you get very like, you know, you've no alone time essentially. But yeah, it was, it was, it was great to kind of just oh yeah so you got over any rituals like sometimes before going on stage you'd be like I have to brush my teeth or I have to wear these socks or whatever like you don't have time when you do three shows a day for like five days a week like you just go and you do it and if anything happens and if something happens you know if it's a mistake or something breaks or something falls over you know someone starts screaming fine you just have to keep going so that was a really good like yeah Good experience in terms of improv and stuff as well for sure yeah, so it sounds quite interesting i've actually spoke to a few quite a few actors who have done similar things like tours and like either pantomimes around the uk or like done like various like trips with just a few of them going around schools and they all actually really enjoyed them they said they were really intense like yourself but they were actually really good they like felt like they really learned a lot about themselves people and like just sort of it said they actually said that it made their expectations of like acting go up a lot because of like how hard it actually was yeah yeah absolutely I think I definitely learned I'm not as patient as I thought I was you know like I was that was more on a personal level like um being with three other people and sharing a room with someone essentially the whole time as well for for nine months like it was you know yeah I found you kind of had to like stick up for yourself sometimes and it was definitely a really weird (laughs) weird thing to do and I don't know if I would do it again but it was definitely like I would definitely encourage anyone who gets the opportunity to do it maybe just a shorter one than nine months because it's a long time (laughs) it's a long time especially if you're abroad as well like France and Belgium but it must have been an amazing experience as well oh yeah yeah I was actually just looking at pictures just there actually before this for some reason and there was one of like I was living like just near Geneva up in like the mountains like just covered in snow and it was just yeah I was like that was that was pretty good yeah when you could go abroad fun times oh imagine what what we could do that is that a thing i've forgotten <laughs> well so you were saying as well you've done some very specific sort of acting roles so you were like a ghost in a, on a ship or something or like a ghost at a castle so yeah so i was 
I'd, I've done a lot of like character like site specific things I guess you'd call it so like I uh, at one point I was like in Dublin Castle playing a 10 year old like uh, Clara from the Nutcracker and I remember <laughs> someone before and I was like oh hi like you just had to be in character and chat to people and I loved it it was such a like a fun thing to do one guy was like are you really 10 I was like <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I am like definitely like 18 years old (laughs) what's wrong with you (laughs) but yeah I've done a couple of those kind of jobs I used to work in another castle where I played a ghost which is fun but my kind of most ongoing job is I play actually uh, I play a Scottish character oh really (laughs) yes and I Jamie I do the worst Scottish accent I have no idea can we hear can we hear on the podcast uh oh god you don't have to Um, you're not doing a show it's been been so long it's I'm really bad at accents as well that's the whole thing I've tried which I love the fact that I have this job so actually I play uh, Nanny the Witch on the Cutty Sark (laughs) in Greenwich you know uh Robert Burns yeah, uh, Tam, yeah. Tam O'Shanter. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I think from To be fair, you'd probably do a better version of that than me. Like, I can't. I'm terrible at doing Burns poems. On Burns, that uh, I'm like, please don't come to me. Like, yeah. Oh but yeah, yeah. Made to do that. We're talking about being a shy kid in school. I used to get mm. made, get made to recite Burns, and it was so embarrassing. I hated it. I'd have to stand up in assembly and like you'd have to read a Burns poem, and I was like, we shy boy. Like, no, I don't like this. So yeah, fair play for that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah. the job was just essentially I'm Nanny the Witch from. Robert Burns, Tam O'Shanter on the Cuddy Sark in Greenwich. Like, and it's, I would just walk around being like, hello, I'm a witch. I'm from Scotland. <laughs> and a terrible, terrible Scottish accent. There you go. You can have it. <laughs> but like, terrible. Like, as in, <laughs> Scottish people would be like, you're supposed to be from Scotland. And I'm like, I. <laughs> that wasn't too bad, actually, to be fair. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I was convinced them. I think if people want to be convinced, they could be convinced, you know? Yeah. There was one woman who was like, I hate Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> I was like, I'm a witch. <laughs> like, why are you telling me about politics? Yeah, just I'm like... just a sheep. <laughs> Where were they from? Scotland. The person saying that was just a random pair. Yeah, no, they were Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've just been thing. just visiting the ship, and they were just like, just heard not, the accent. Not in the mood. <laughs> not in the mood. They're like, just yeah. It's like, oh, how's it going? You walk around Greenwich, and they're like, yeah. Oh, Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> what a bitch. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay. They obviously didn't Thanks. want to be reminded of home or something. Then clearly. this is it exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the worst would be because because Nanny is ba- like from I'd say I'm from Dumbarton in Scotland. Very specific role they gave you. That's it exactly, and I didn't do any research in terms of what that accent actually sounds like. <laughs> oh, but um, people would be like, oh, I'm from Dumbarton, or I'm from Fife, and I'd be like, oh, oh Fife, like, lovely. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. I'm I'm like, oh, so. oh, oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice to get like show. that. Exactly that. I'd be like, oh, right, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and then I'm like, please don't ask me anything else. Like, please don't, please. I'm like, oh, because guys, I don't want to have to be like, no, I actually am lying. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm not actually a witch or like because they're they're actually trying to talk to me and have like a one-to-one connection as a human mm. and I'm there like I'm I have been lying to you this whole time I'm not a witch or from Scotland I'm sorry <laughs> you know yeah it's such a weird one but it's a weird one though because I've been asked if I've Irish before but only ever by English people may I add not very really? often yeah not very often but tw- I think twice uh, people have been like are you Irish and it's abroad that happened. I know I know a lot of friends. For whatever reason, people are just, you know, racist to the Celts for whatever reason. Oh, of course. Absolutely. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got the most Scottish accent, though. I don't know. Maybe I suppose. I think to certain areas. I think American Americans as well, I think, do just hear this kind of sound and think, right, okay, that's an Irish-Scottish kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. 
I only ever get people say I have a very Scottish accent when it's people not from Scotland because I actually feel like I have quite a neutral accent in Scotland. I feel like oh, really? it's a hard one. To yeah, of course. So I'm glad I'm glad it sounds Scottish to other people, though. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the acting stuff does sound quite fun. And I imagine I actually would have prepared you for the stand up, like doing kind of those fun roles. For sure. Yeah. Because especially when it's just chatting to like that kind of job of just chatting to the public and kind of staying in character was very much like and just kind of cracking jokes I suppose if I could some kind of Scottish witch joke <laughs> improvisation <laughs> then I could. yeah exactly that's it so I, I definitely find that was that was kind of fun to to pr- like give give that skill a go before doing doing um, stand up but then another big part of before I started stand up was I used to be a bus tour guide a big bus London I used to work on those buses and like have a microphone and be telling facts and add a little quip in there kind of thing never any good now they're always like terrible about <laughs> London or something because I had to like translate to like everyone on the bus as well so they were like couldn't do my edgy stuff you know <laughs> I don't have any edgy stuff whatsoever you can probably tell <laughs> yeah so we're kind of I was like oh I could translate this to standing still on a stage <laughs> talking to an audience instead of a moving bus I guess I feel like the bus may be harder than the audience in some ways they, that they're not easy jobs I would say well it was I wouldn't I would say no it was easier because you could say a joke or a fact or something and then if they didn't get it or didn't work you just yeah, go anyway yeah. <laughs> here comes big ben oh have a look at that there you go <laughs> you, ha- you had the landmarks to save you i suppose <laughs> yes exactly yeah, yeah. it's when the bus is stuck in traffic and you were trying them then you're like oh god kill me now this is this yeah, is dying like that awkward moment of just like come on exactly exactly where is the queen is what they'd say <laughs> <laughs> oh god as an Every day. Person, you were just like that's it. Well, that's the thing. Some people go buy things, and they're like, "Oh, didn't I write bomb this?" I'm like, "I was not involved. <laughs> Why are you bringing it up?" No comment. Just, yeah, no comment from me. Thank you. Oh yeah, man. Once I time um when I, I went back home to Ireland and I went to the famine museum, which <laughs> for some reason is it, it, well, of course, is a thing, but it's it was like near where my dad lives in the country, and I was like. I, I knew Irish history, but I just knew more British history from doing um, these bus tours. And I remember like hearing about like what time when it happened and stuff. It was like in Queen Victoria's time and just before that. And I remember like going back to my bus tours and being like, "Oh, this this arch was put here in 1840." Same time, Irish people were starving in Ireland. These bricks. <laughs> <laughs> like it just had this like inner rage now that suddenly added to the tours, which you know yeah. was dynamic. No, that's well. I mean, that's a whole different area because the way that that history is taught in the UK is very bad and uh, we really do not acknowledge uh, the horrible atrocities of the British Empire mm. in school and stuff so I'm yeah, glad you I feel like you had a right to to bring that up on the bus I think we, yeah definitely a good thing <laughs> yeah, I think so there's no British people on the bus to be like teaching it to it was always just Americans like yeah oh, true they're probably angry. just like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right okay <laughs> why is she screaming <laughs> Well, we can talk about your stand-up stuff now because mm. I've actually always found stand-up really fascinating because I've done it. I can relate to acting because when I was a kid and stuff, I, I used to act a wee bit. So I kind of understand like the idea of going on stage as a character and playing someone else. But stand-up like terrifies me, the thought of going on a stage because you are a character to an extent, but you are you. You're being... Mm-hmm. And I just have so much respect for all stand-ups. Like, even if I go to a stand-up night, well, back in the day when you could do that, obviously, I'm not mm-hmm. Time. and somebody, yeah even if somebody bombed and they maybe weren't a very good stand-up I always still respect them I'm like you know you went on stage and tried to do a set like I couldn't do that so yeah it just really interests me so yeah stand-up is a weird thing I think I would never have like acting as you said like you're, you're a character and I used to always think like no there's no way I'd be able to do anything like that because I need the character to hide behind but I just I'd gone to a few gigs and I was like 
I'm kind of doing it on the bus, I guess. It's like, I, and I, I just had like some kind of jokes mulling around in my head. And I was like, I'm going to give this a go. And then as soon as I did it, like, I think I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Like that, like my heart was coming out of my chest. Like, and the idea that like when you bomb, it is so painful, but it's also not that painful. Like it just, people don't laugh, but then you get over it. You know, you do your next gig. Saying that I've had some traumatic bombs for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, this just... That adrenaline is unbelievable. And I think that's what I think a lot of comics are finding really hard about this this time is that like, yeah. you know, I was doing gigs like four, sometimes five times a week for some periods. And to go from like all that adrenaline every week to none at all, you know, it's really hard. It, must, it, must so it feels like you're, yeah, it feels like coming down. And to say that, like, I'm also well aware. And I always feel like I have to say like, people are having much worse times in terms of COVID and everything happening. But it's something about that missing that adrenaline and that kind of creative outlet it's been so weird such a weird mm. feeling no, that zoom gigs just can't no, equate it for not sure at all. definitely not no I, I think i think that's fair though i mean i know you've been acknowledging that other people are having worse times but i think stand up i mean because getting to speak to artists every week on this podcast is amazing and mm. we're all struggling and people are adapting and some people have done amazing things online but I think stand-up's definitely one of the areas that suffered the most from the pandemic. Like, and I look at the comedy clubs are really struggling and it, yeah, it's exactly. hard to rip because there's something unique about seeing a stand-up and I just don't think it comes across on a recorded video on Zoom. This is it. It's something like the needs for a really good gig, like when a gig is going really well and the whole audience is in it and all the acts are, are smashing it, like there's like electric, like it's the magic in the room. And it needs really specific sort of a setting, even like even the way the seats are placed is so important. Yeah. And you know how dark the room is and there's no distractions, like that is so key. So like even coming back and having social distance, it was it was still working. And like I, so I did it, one gig I did, which was so good, was actually in a car park in Oxford. Oh, really? And it was just a little stage and everyone was in their cars. Yeah. And they were just like wave out the window and flash their lights if they liked it. And that was that was unbelievable. Like that was really people were like, but they you could feel everyone was really trying to like really be there and with you and stuff. But yeah, over Zoom is just it's just not the same. It's just not that same kind of feeling. And like even as someone who just goes to watch comedy like that it's just an incredible thing to to see someone especially when they go up and try something that even that doesn't work or like you know try something new and it's weird or like seeing your friend or something they've never done before for the first time like it's it's so brilliant to watch so yeah I don't know what's going to happen but hopefully we'll have some semblance of it again in like a year or something you know I don't see it really happening I guess yeah because socially distancing is it's not the same as like a fully packed room at the fringe or something is it yeah exactly that's it yeah sure we'll see Hello, it's Jamie and Elliot here. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Just Get A Real Job. I just wanted to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. So please, if you can, share us on social media, tell your friends and family to listen. You can also support us by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your help. So anything you can do to help us grow this project is very much appreciated. We do appreciate your support as always. And if you would like to contribute or donate to our podcast, we also have a patron page where you could donate as little as much as you wish you can access this by going to www.patreon.com slash just get a real job so thank you very much again for all your support and you can also find a link to the patreon page in the show notes but anyway now back to today's show well i've got a few more questions about sort of your stand-up but so you did like uh so 2019 was when you decided to really go for the stand-up stuff wasn't it yeah absolutely i i kind of started the year and i was like this is this is it. I'm going to do it properly. Cause the thing is you can do like one, a, I was doing like one a month to a month kind of thing. And like to 
do stand up you need to like do the craft like you need to do it as many times as you can you know even if like you know you're writing new material but just like experience of like talking to the audience and, and you just get better the more you do it for sure so I started doing it like five times a week for a month or two and that really just started kicking things off and it started going really well I was getting bigger gigs and got the comedy store and these big really like lovely gigs started to get a few paid ones that sort of thing yeah it was really like unbelievable like I couldn't believe what was happening you know like and it like it wasn't like I was you know flying high you know but I just was it was just moving in the right way and it was like a good kind of creative life and then I got asked to do so actually I my dad <laughs> sent me this link to a competition you know like your parents send you something you're like oh, yeah. okay what's <laughs> what is this thanks father but there's a link to this competition um on it's called the Ray Darcy show it's an Irish radio host and they, they were looking okay. for like stand-up people people to do a stand-up competition um and it would be on tv and I was like oh sure <laughs> I'll apply I guess and I applied and then I got it just, just I was mad as well because like I just sent a video and then they said yeah you're in through to the semi-final <laughs> like it was I think no one really applied <laughs> for this competition because everyone's just like all right okay the radar is show but I flew back and went to Galway for this semi-final and I won it and so I had oh, like wow. a spot then yeah a spot like but it was so quick it was like send a video semi-final and then final then would be live on tv then like a few few weeks later so that was like such a whirlwind process because I'd never also done a gig in Ireland as well so this is the whole thing of like is this going to work are people going to get it is it like is it just because I'm Irish that it works in London again the whole thing you know so yeah did the the, the TV gig at then which it was the most exciting like it was so exciting like I felt like big and Michelle Visage was there like <laughs> I met her briefly it was just <laughs> so bizarre such a bizarre experience but then I actually did the gig it was the, the worst gig I'd ever done it was so bad it was like it, I'm, I'm laughing now but I was almost crying then like it was so bad and it, I, I know what happened now it was that like we were we we're putting this like little box like on the stage on the like the sound stage and the audience were there half the audience couldn't really see us <laughs> And they were all like, the youngest was 80, you know, like, and there was like 300 <laughs> of them and they're all like pushing 100. And we're, I was like, oh, catcalling, am I right? <laughs> Is this the one that was on your Insta? Is this the video that's on your Instagram? I'm at, yes. I watched that, yeah. Before yeah, I've got a clip on it. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't put the funny. whole thing up. Yeah, it was funny. But like, I think you said in the caption, just like there was like a woman in the front row just like looked horrified at you or something. Yes, there was like a big audible gasp. I can't even remember I think I don't even know what I don't think oh yeah no there's a, am I allowed to swear on this yeah go for it okay I probably have sworn already to be honest I really yeah, I think it just comes like out we probably both have we're Scottish and Irish for god's sake like, yeah of course of <laughs> we course. can't help ourselves it? <laughs> yeah, exactly it's just in, in the language it was a bit I can't even remember it's been so long now but it was so the, the last line of it is I'm going to move to Spain and wank off all those men <laughs> out of context no actually it's still fine out of context yeah cool and I said that phrase and this woman was like oh like and she like melted in her seat and oh it was just like they just were I could hear some people were getting it in the top corner but most people were not getting it and I just at one point became aware as it was happening that they just weren't getting it and I was like and it's live on tv am I bombing on live tv oh my god it was it was just so painful but then I like I had this rap bit so basically I do Jay-Z encore do you know encore by Linkin Park and Jay-Z so I I have always been able to do that rap since I was like 10 so I do that rap but like I'm like this is what it sounds like or like I sound like your mother and you know telling you off when I rap and I just do the whole bit and during it someone like a man just watched me and just like folded his arms like halfway through (laughs) I was like like 
oh god this is the worst day of my life it was so it's so demoralizing but having said that it was an amazing experience and very funny to laugh at, look back on and also to know that I um, apparently Tommy Tiernan when he had his first gig he was on the exact same stage <laughs> doing his first TV gig and he also had the same sort of experience and that it was like yeah. it's just not the environment like I said the best like stand up environment is like a small dark room you know where there's been like it's been like preempted we were like after an interview with Michelle Visage and it was just like here's a stand up segment <laughs> some stand up now like there was no warm up there was no preparation no one knew what was no. really happening they're like oh okay that was three minutes <laughs> what it did they say it almost feels kind of forced I suppose 100% yeah it just it was something they, they'd never done it before I doubt they'll ever do it again yeah it still sounds like a very am- amazing experience for you and you mean you were on TV and like um, as you say like and can, a lot of respect as well because something we try and talk about in the podcast is like learning from negative experiences as well as positive experience mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. learning from failure because I think as a young artist and I think especially somebody at the start of their career in the arts it's really easy to get a confidence knock and and give up for sure for sure the beauty of it was that I was flying back to London where no one had, no one could watch what had <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah. so people and that's the thing people would be like oh I heard you're on tv kind of like a bit like a, a little bit of respect kind of in their eyes and I'm like yeah <laughs> Yeah. And I had to like stop myself from being like, it was the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah, you gotta just, you just gotta milk it now and get the, you know, oh, 100%. Get, keep getting the mileage out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got, and I, I am now. I was, actually, I was on the telly. I was on the telly. <laughs> I was on Irish TV. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> just don't watch the clip. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, man. What <laughs> a time. Fair, can I just say, from watching the clip, right? The actual content is enjoyable. I mean, you, maybe the audience aren't behind it, but it's, it wasn't like you were bad personally. It's just like the atmosphere <laughs> wasn't there. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It, um, definitely in hindsight, looking back, I was like, do you know, actually the jokes are good because I know they work. They've worked other places. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think it looks like <laughs> I'm I'm aware that I'm dying. Like it no, was only more see, like... You look like you are doing quite a good job of considering how bad that you'd made that sound. You seem to be doing quite a good job <laughs> yeah. of looking like you're, you know, keeping yourself going. So, so fair Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks. Actually... Went to Barcelona last summer and I got catcalled, uh, but I loved it because I don't speak Spanish. I didn't know what they were saying. They could have been saying anything. They could be saying lovely things. One guy was like, hola, senorita. You look like you could be a responsible dog owner. <laughs> I could, thank you. Another guy was like, hola, chica. You look like you always remember to send a card on your mother's birthday. <laughs> I do sometimes. <laughs> Gracias, senor. And then they came to this big group of lads, 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 or muchachos, muchachos, muchachos. They all had their football jerseys on. They were a few pints in. I was a bit worried, but they were like, hola, hola, we respect women and think bunny rabbits are super cute. I was like, guys, free hand jobs for all. <laughs> so I'm going to move to Barcelona. I'm going to learn Spanish. I'm going to wank off all those men. <laughs> Good, cool. So you also mentioned uh, on the stuff you sent me over before the interview that you did a show at the Edinburgh. Did you do a show at the Edinburgh Fringe? Mm. Yes, I did. I did. It was it was my first ever time um, doing a show in Edinburgh. I'd, I hadn't I'd done any spots or anything at all before. And it was like, that's been like the dream is to do an Edinburgh yeah. show. 
for sure like you know it's like it is like the holy grail of of doing comedy really or or was at least anyway we'll see how yeah, that goes I, missed I guess it so I missed it so much last year because mm. I was obviously living in Edinburgh of course living in yeah. Edinburgh like yeah. is amazing. I, I must confess I did quite like being able to go for a walk in August and enjoy the summer nights and there was no tourists about to like sort of clog up the streets but I did miss it of course I can imagine it, the whole place is just totally transformed in that month yeah, it's like, like amazing like especially like for I'm sure like for businesses great but also yeah exactly for locals they're yeah. like oh, oh lo- locals, Edinburgh locals kind of hate that have a love we'll have a love hate relationship with the fringe but mm-hmm. I definitely love it now that we didn't have it I was sort of like oh I really miss this I've never complained yeah I'll never yeah. complain about tourists again oh god of course yeah it, it's it's I had the best like month I stayed up for the whole month I did a show with two other comics Katie Price and Laura McKenzie and it was a show called three rule abiding rebels and we were three female comics yeah doing about 20 minutes each sort of thing but we had just such a laugh like it was just so funny like we'd go flyer in and like like we didn't put any weight on it we were like just just have a good time and just do what we want to do like and pretend we're doing this full-time like almost you know because we were like at that in that month we were we weren't getting paid really anything it was a free show that we'd like shake our bucket at the end and people would like "Mm, squish by (laughs) it was yeah it was good we did all right we had like full pretty full audiences as well like it was it was unbelievable like I got a tattoo of like Arthur's seat (laughs) oh amazing because I loved it yeah it's like one of my favorite places in the world I love Arthur's seat yeah oh so good and we like the problem is though like so we climbed it and I was like you know I'm gonna get a tattoo while I'm here because I feel like I really want to mark this this is an amazing occasion and I came back down and we we got a tattoo later a few days later and then we went up again and then on the way back down like I fell on Arthur's seat like ripped my hands open I was like I'll never want to come near this stupid fucking mountain again and now it's like inked on my skin forever but no it was all about what it represented and like yeah oh it was unbelievable. That that show was so good. <laughs> well, I really do hope that the fringe sort of goes ahead in some form this year. I think we might. You never know. We might get some sort. Of, I think maybe a local version where, like, maybe it's just UK. Yeah. You know, not as yeah. international, but it would be amazing if something could happen there. So yeah, it's such a unique thing, and like, it's such a good thing for stand up as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's yeah, exactly. So yeah, hopefully it's something will there'll be something to it. But hopefully it's recovered. You know, and, and even in a you know, couple of years we'll have. A back and full swing I don't know they're talking about this kind of big boom of you know um I don't know even what it would be called but like how in response to COVID and everything that happening will suddenly be like back in like in the 1920s after the the Spanish flu wasn't it in, yeah. the, in 1918 so how like in the 1920s suddenly everyone like everyone was all about partying and stuff and yeah. having a good time like most be, of it, it so hopefully be, we'll have some it would be fun you know get a bit of our 20s back and all that so yeah exactly yeah nice. but, um, I did like to think that art can sort of you know thrive again but we'll have to see because they have taken a hell of a kick in especially comedy mm. and stuff so hopefully yeah, we can yeah. survive the next few months and stuff that would yes. be yes exactly exactly i've got some quick fire comedy questions for you but i just had mm-hmm. one more question which just to quickly ask you which is um you kind of touched on this at the start when you talked about how like you know your service job was men hating on you as a comic but i just wondered mm-hmm. how you feel as a female stand-up because i know female stand-ups are a lot you know it's definitely it's a lot more uh, high profile ones in the media now you know people like sarah pasco but like you do i feel like stand-up comedians especially female stand-up comedians get a lot of abuse online i just wondered how your experience of that had been and stuff I think I'm quite lucky in that I'm coming up at a time where we are kind of trying to right that wrong and stuff and people are more accepting of female comics. So I've not experienced anything. Like I'm not really experienced online abuse. I don't, I'm a huge active online because I really just love performing kind of thing. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to figure that out whether I want to do that more and stuff and you know what that means. I have definitely had weird things said to me, especially when I was doing the fringe because it was like, 
you're doing so many gigs, there's more opportunity for weird things to be said to you. So I had one woman, and it was a woman as well. Oh, she was like with another female comic just after a gig, and we were just like saying thanks to people for coming. And she was like, oh, you know, I really don't like female comics, but you two were really good. And I was like, why? (laughs) Why would you say that? Backhanded compliment in the world. (laughs) Exactly. Usually I hate women, but you guys are okay. For female men, I guess we're okay. Like, it was just, oh, it was Jesus. so weird. Yeah, so there's definitely people who, and, and you, you do find sometimes you're doing certain gigs and you come on and, like, especially because I know I'm, like, a young girl and I'm like, hey, yeah, do you know, I can tell sometimes they're like, this is not what I signed up for or, you know, there's kind of a feeling in the room sometimes. But also, like, I think it is something that's gradually changing. Hopefully it will as well. And I think there's always going to be online abuse, you know, that's just trolls, isn't it? Like, you just kind of have yeah. to steal yourself for it and be like, yeah okay fine as long as you're kind of doing what you want to do and, and saying what you want to say then I think yeah you're you're doing okay yeah but would you do would you definitely say that like it's becoming a bit better to come up as if as you said as a female comedian do you think that there's more opportunity there now I think so I think people are realizing it's important to have a mixed bill like I think it's almost rare to see a bill I, I know from my experience now and this is my London-centric world as well I also I have to say that god I do like I feel like if I saw if I see a bill there's no women on it, I'm like, what? Is this just a theme tonight? Is it all men for a reason? Or like, what's happening here? So it is It is something surprising to see, to be honest. I can't, I can't say for the parts of, of the UK and Ireland and stuff. It, 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 from my perspective, it seems to be getting better. Yeah. I'd, I'd say so. from TV as well, it does seem to be a lot. Like panel shows are a lot mm. like mixed now and stuff. So it does seem- Yeah definitely seem to be going in the right direction well that's great yeah. just thanks for answering this question i just like to sort of give the list you know it's great for the listeners and stuff especially any like female listeners that maybe want to get into comedy you know it's really inspiring for them so i appreciate it yeah cool well i've got some fun you know these are more quick fire ones but so my first question about stand-up is who's your like idol in stand-up is it like a stand-up community you really look up to i love sarah pascoe I love her so much. She used to be a tour guide as well as being a comic. And I just like, I feel like that's, that's my, that's my route, you know, (laughs) and that's that. I just, I think she's really, she's really intellectual, but she has such a, I love her style of playing, like not playing dumb per per se, but like it's the the Socratic fool of like, you know, I just don't understand this, but like obviously has full understanding of what they're talking about. Yeah. Sarah Pascoe was brilliant. I love Taylor Tomlinson as well. She's she's great. Same kind of style. And Ashing B, I think, is brilliant as well. Very nice. Well, you might have the same answer for my next question, but it's kind of meant to be a bit different. But it's sort of like if you could tour with any stand-up comedian at the moment, like if you could go on a tour with them and open for them, who would you choose to do that with? Oh, gosh. Oh, I don't know. Because I do think, I don't think it makes sense for me to tour with some of these people that I really love. Because I think yeah, I suppose. my style may be a little bit similar yeah. to theirs, I guess, in that kind of style. So I think maybe, mm, oh, gosh such a hard question it's not you know it's something I've never thought about before and it really should be if I like something I want to do in the future I've never considered it as a thing I mean yeah Sarah Pascoe if I could <laughs> oh I feel I'm really scared saying that like don't say it it'll ruin it it'll no. never happen no, that would sorry, be really cool. sorry if that was really a tough cool. question by the way no not at all it was really just like oh gosh it's like you're offering it to me like oh, okay is she on the is she on the phone I know we'd actually got this yeah I'm afraid I'm afraid it didn't come off you're too slow <laughs> <laughs> yeah we actually have someone else on the loan line you just broke their heart you didn't yeah. say their name i keep apologizing to guests a lot because i ask a lot of questions and, I, and it's like i'm going to be going on my own podcast in a few weeks for like a special episode we're doing and i don't mm. have a clue what i'm going to answer to some of the questions so yeah interesting okay. going on the other side of it but uh, thank That's, you yeah 
no not at all I definitely find I'm like I'm like in my mind beforehand I'm like this is gonna be super eloquent I know exactly what I want to say and then yeah. I have definitely had a few moments I've been like well that was just nonsense <laughs> well, you're on the spot though I mean it's not easy well this is a kind of a fun question actually do you have a favorite comedy film you can pick a few if it's easier don't worry <laughs> oh gosh oh I don't know actually oh hang on yes I do I love In Bruges Oh, what a film. And it's you know, Irish as well, of course. Yeah, exactly. I do think we do have a very good sense of humour in Ireland, for sure. Good, I think good, it's... Good, good crack, as you say, you know what I mean? Like Good crack, man. Crack is mighty. It's, yeah, definitely. Uh, in British, is definitely, I think, if not my favourite then, yeah, I think it would be my favourite, to be honest. I'm really bad for thinking of films. I literally just watched Space, Space Jam last night, so my That's mind a great went, film, though. That Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> that would be a good I'd, answer. <laughs> It would have been very lazy just literally think yeah. of the last thing I watched. Yeah, but I think in Bruges. In Bruges and Space Jam are both, you know, we'll, we'll take them both as answers, I think. Yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'm happy, they're solid, yeah. Been to the top of the tower? Guidebook says it's a must-see. Well, you ain't going up there. Why? It's all windy stairs, I'm not being funny. What exactly are you trying to say? They're a bunch of elephants. Blakely? Yes. You have a message. Number one, why aren't you in when I told you to be in? You better be in when I call again or there'll be now to pay up. I'm telling you. He swears a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, well, this might be a tough question for you as well. It's the last of the quick ones, but do you have a favourite one-liner from a stand-up you love? Like a favourite sort of joke or something? So it's not even a, oh, it's not even a one-liner and it's I'm going to like describe it so out of context. That's okay. I love David O'Doherty. You know him? He's like, uh, he's got this tiny keyboard. He's brilliant. If you don't know him, look him I know up. the he's name. So funny. I probably, he's one of those mm-hmm. things, I imagine if I go and watch after this interview, I'll probably like, oh yeah, I recognize him. Yeah. 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 He's brilliant. And he just has this tiny bit. And it's one of the ones that, you know, like, you know, a good joke that just sticks in your head and you can't stop thinking about. He has this joke about how he wants to be known as like just David instead of David O'Doherty. He just wants to be known as David and stuff. And it's like, like Beyonce, you don't go, like your mother doesn't go, Beyonce O'Loughlin. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's it that's all it is it's just like that's concept of, I don't I, I'm gonna over explain it now so I'm gonna leave it there no don't worry it's fine but I appreciate yeah. it it's good, good answers Just get a real job. we're nearly at the Go. end this will be a good one because I know you said you worked a lot of jobs but we ask everyone that comes on the podcast what's the worst sort of part-time job you'd had to work to support your your career okay so I had one very very recently because like with all my jobs, I was tour guiding, acting and stuff. They're all my side jobs as well as doing comedy. And they all went with COVID. So I was working in admin for a bit, which was cold calling people. And it was horrible. But after that, I was like, okay, I need something. I can't do what I actually love and what like makes you feel like a real person. But maybe I can do something that is fulfilling. So I start working at a, a forest nursery. Oh, <laughs> a forest nursery, if you don't know, is a nursery that's outside all okay. day long. I started working there in, in I didn't know that in, was a thing yes I didn't know it was a thing either and I thought it sounded lovely because I like hiking I like going for walks I like biking I hate the cold though and I knew this about <laughs> myself I knew this but I also really like kids because I'm working out as Nanny the Witch and like lots of kids interact with me and I think it's really fun but I just did not know what this combination would be like like kids are in theory amazing in in practice <laughs> <laughs> oh my god they're so boring but also annoying and just no they were super cute the kids were adorable but because we're outside the whole time they're wearing these waterproof things so they've got all their clothes on also this is winter as well we're coming into winter and it was so cold and they were they were freezing and these are like 
two, three-year-old, four-year-olds, right? And and they're running around screaming and they were very cute, but they would shit themselves constantly. Oh, and I was like on toilet duties a lot. And I just did not understand because oh. I don't have any kids in my family, <laughs> how often that would happen. And I, I like had to just keep bright and smiley, but like I just see one sort of walking a bit weird. He got like to know the signs eventually. And I was like, that kid has shot himself. And I had to like, he'd never wanted to go to the toilet. So I had to like drag him. And the toilet is a tent. Like it's it's a tent with a little oh, potty in it. And it'd be lashing raining. And I had to like take his waterproofs off and like, and he'd be like stepping in the mud and like getting poop on his hands and then touching my face and my hair and getting oh it everywhere. Oh my God. I <laughs> think I you like, might have, I, it's not a competition, right? But I think you might have won this question. <gasps> Please let me win because it was so <laughs> horrible. Cause I was like trying to be, I was trying to be Miss Honey from Matilda. Like this is my intention. It's gonna be fulfilling. I'm gonna, you know, really <laughs> feel like a good person. And I'm there like this child is just like, and sometimes like it was, the shit was unbelievable. Like it was like one time I remember saying, to a kid and like I had to be like don't worry about it like one kid did it like three times in one day like I was just like just come just come to just come tell me just come tell me if you if you feel a comment just come tell me don't worry about it but just just try and come down before before you before you do it okay and I was one kid I was like this like just just come tell me I was like because that was traumatic and he was like what's traumatic and I was like oh my god he's gonna go home to his parents his rich rich parents because it's an expensive school I'd be like Jasmine said that my poo was traumatic oh <laughs> I'm gonna get a parent on my back being like what did you say to my kid <laughs> yeah well, oh de- my god you're definitely getting a good stand-up routine out of this job I feel I I have not figured it out because I don't know how to how to word it as a joke because at the moment yeah. it's just it was it was so horrible it was horrible I've actually I've just remembered all you know talking to toilets I forgot to bring up earlier you uh, you used to review toilets which you can just tell the listeners that because they'll be like what but this is actually yeah. very interesting and quite funny. So I, yes. So because I used to doing private tour guiding, I would collect my generally quite wealthy guests from very fancy four or five star hotels in London. And I'd go to get them in the hotel. And usually I'd be there like half an hour early just because I wanted to be there early. And I would just pop to the bathroom and I started noticing just how fancy the bathrooms are. And so I reviewed because I was going to like, I was sometimes doing tours every day in, in the month kind of thing. So at, like the Savoy all these amazing amazing hotels and then I was like some places are so much better than others and so we'd start doing we <laughs> sorry royal <laughs> we <laughs> I Jesus God I have to go back to Ireland soon because it's been a year since I've gone home that's why I've gotten like notions now that's what that is yeah. I have to go back and be like brought back down get, there get brought back down there <laughs> exactly <laughs> So I do basically reviews of like, how is the lighting in terms of like taking a picture? You know, is there hand soap? Is there hand moisturizer? What kind of paper towels is there? Not even paper towels. We don't paper towels. We want paper cloths. We want it folded in a certain way. It should be a nice design. It should be really good material. Sometimes they were like, it was like a face cloth was what you dried your hands with. A big one was the toilet paper because it should be folded into a little triangle shape. You know, just the the last square just fold into a triangle um, or a little tuck. Sometimes they're tucked and that was like a new new style that was coming into fashion at the time. So I would basically just use these things to review out of five. Very deadpan as well. That was the whole idea. It was, I, was, I was taking it very seriously and it was a serious thing. Uh, and I started going really well. People really liked it. But unfortunately, I can't go to any more fancy toilets. I can't really. I had the excuse of just like, oh, I'm a tour guide. But now I'm like, are you a tour guide? <laughs> are you a tour guide at the moment? So just yeah. Just walking in and being like, I, I'm a toilet reviewer, actually. Do you not know how? Yeah, I'm just here to review a toilet. And that's a, that was the dream. That was a dream that I'd get such a name for myself that, you know, I'd come in and the concierge would be like, oh, she's here. And they'd like have to stall me while the cleaner goes in. 
and it folds the toilet paper into a little triangle and stuff. Did you have a favorite toilet out of the ones you reviewed? What was yes? Favorite? Oh my god, the Corinthia. Oh boy, <laughs> and also just so everyone knows, and I sh- I feel like I'm I'm telling some secret. You can just walk in, like no one stops you. If you look like you know where you're going, they're not going to be like, excuse me, because what if you're a guest? So you just have to walk in. You can also have to, you need to figure out where the toilets are. <laughs> That's the one thing. <laughs> so you need to. <laughs> I I learned after a while. I mostly figured where they were because you can kind of after a while they're either downstairs or they're like up a side somewhere but Corinthia is unbelievable like they had poetry playing over and oh um, speakers yeah it smelled amazing it was really bright and colorful they had all the all the basics as well that's the thing so I was really strict like like only I think two toilets got the five out of five and the one in Shangri-La and the Shard as well because that's like the highest toilet in, in London had this incredible view and also heated seats which is weird I don't know if oh I like my. that and a phone charger actually and a phone charger for your wow. phone at, in the cubicle and also the view so I'm talking about is like is floor to ceiling so like if someone was in an airplane looked by they would see you sitting on sitting oh on the toilet well, yeah, we're, we're probably going to get complaints on the podcast. Like, we've had a lot of guests uh, checking out <laughs> these toilets. What, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, where's this come from? And they'll just yeah, pinpoint it in onto this this conversation. Exactly. Just go oh. in. Just go in. Oh man. Well, we'll we'll link we'll link your Instagram below the the show notes of the podcast, and people can actually go and find these reviews. I would recommend it. It's very very enjoyable, actually. I'd love to get back to doing them. Hopefully, at some point. Put, put a but, lot um, of effort into it. Thanks. Yeah, I enjoyed them. They were they were a good part of the day. It was, uh, woke me up in the morning on uh, the tour. Well, Jasmine, thank you very much for giving us your time today. I really, I really enjoyed chatting to you. Just to round off the interview, we always ask our guests in the podcast, and you'd sort of given advice for out, but we like to ask our guests just what advice you would have. So, just for anyone who maybe wants to get into stand up, or just in the arts mm-hmm. in general, who's maybe at the start of their career, or who's just maybe wants a bit of you know a wee bit of uplifting inspiration in these hard times. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So my biggest thing I've always found is I would not just, so my advice is just to do it. So this is in regards to doing stand-up. If you have an inkling that you would like to do it, just do it. Like book a gig. And that's the thing as well. (laughs) Don't have your material done yet. Maybe if you have an idea, cool. But book that gig. If it's like two weeks away, you need that deadline to get it together, to go and do it. Like just do it. Do your first one. Because a lot of people, I think, who go to workshops for being stand-up. And I've seen people who are like, countless workshops, but I've never done a gig. And like, the whole point of stand-up is that you're doing it. You just like, you have to start. Another then big thing, in, in that kind of line, it's like a Nike ad, actually, I've just realized. Just no, do honestly, it. honestly, this is the most common answer for this question. We get <laughs> really? And like, I keep joking. Yeah. Like, I want a sponsorship from Nike now. Like, I want them yeah. to podcast. You <laughs> should talk to them. My gosh. <laughs> but it just, it just, just in the same thing of like, with writing, when you're writing something, just just write it down just just have it written down whatever it is and it will be shite it will be shite of course it will Absolutely. but you can revise it and you just revise it and revise it. and like you know it could be some say especially when you write a joke like I have had so many jokes and even now still jokes that like are there's something in it but I don't know what it is yet and you just go to a gig and you practice and practice and practice and just perform it in front of people and you change it and change and change and eventually it's like draft nine and it suddenly clicks and makes sense and so you just have to get that first one done. Just write it down and go from there. Yeah, that's, I think that's my advice. I, no, just it's, do it's, it, it's Nike. Very, it's very good advice. And like I keep saying every time people say that on the podcast, like people maybe worry that's cliche, but it's not at all cliche. Like the best, you have to just sometimes go and, you know, go and make it happen. And it's so true. And I think it's good for people to hear that. So definitely. Yeah, don't wait for permission. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. No one's going to come and knock on the door. Well, very unusual that would happen. Someone's mm-hmm. just going to come along and give you the opportunity. You will probably have to go and grab it yourself. So definitely. Yeah, well, Jasmine, absolutely. thank you very, very much. I really enjoyed chatting to you. It's so easy to talk to. So thank you for making this. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I loved it. It was really, really fun and something to do in this trying time. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> glad. I'm very glad. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Just Get A Real Job. I'd like to thank Jasmine once again for giving us her time and chatting to us. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. So thanks again, Jasmine for that as always if you like some of the stuff jasmine had to say check the links below in the show notes there's a link to jasmine's instagram page where you'll find her brilliant toilet reviews and other links to her work as well remember if you can afford to and you can support the podcast by pledging to our patreon page that would be amazing there's a link to that below as well we have a website as well so you can go and check out that there's some things on the website they may be interested in links to all our previous guest work remember as well this is episode 25 so if you're a new listener there is lots and lots of great episodes for you to go and check out another thing you can do as well is if you really enjoy the podcast and you listen on apple you can leave us a, a nice five-star review that goes so far in helping us grow and the main thing for helping us grow is actually just by word of mouth so if you're enjoying the podcast tell your friends to listen tell your family to listen go on instagram or facebook or something share the podcast with people that stuff goes really really far got some more amazing things planned we've got a few special episodes in the pipeline and yeah we've got some more interesting emerging creatives lined up to talk to so thank you for listening thank you for your continued support remember as well check the link to women's aid in the show notes and if you can afford to donate to them that would be amazing because it is a great charity but anyway we'll be back again next week with another episode of just get a real job but until then stay safe just get a real job